0: Welcome to the Victory Orlando podcast. We exist to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus and to connect them with their purpose. To learn more about us, visit us at victoryorlando.com. Thanks for listening. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired by today's message. Well, what's up, Victory? Thank you so much for joining us today here on this Easter Sunday 2021 at Church Online. Welcome to Victory. If I haven't had the chance to meet you in person or even virtually, uh, man, my name's Pastor Chris and I'm the pastor here at Victory, and we're so thankful that you're here with us. If it's your first time, maybe just the first time in a while, I just want to say you're our guest. Welcome today, and I want to give you a free e-gift card. Would you do me a favor just right now? Pull out your phone and text the word Victory VIP, all one word, Victory VIP to nine four zero zero zero. We'll get you a free gift just to say thanks for joining us at church online. You know, I've been praying for you. I've been praying for this day, and I have a sense in my heart. I believe God wants to do something supernatural in your life this weekend. Um, So I just hope that you're prepared for what God wants to speak to you today. Can we just take a quick moment and pray together before we share the message with you today? Lord, I just thank you right now for each and everyone that's here. God, I pray that you would speak to us today. We're gathered here to glorify you, to worship you, and God, I pray that you would be glorified in us. Let your word come alive in our heart. God, we don't want to be the same. Change us from the inside out, Lord, because our hearts, we're ready to receive. Our ears are open to hear what you're speaking to us today. And if you agree, let me hear you shout amen. Today, the word of the Lord for you is the cross has the final word. One of the things that I love about Easter is that we get to all be together You know, some of us online, some of us in person, but at Victory, we are a house, we are a body, we are a family, and we all have, I know, different backgrounds, different experiences, even different views of what church is or what it should be or what it's been in our past, but the reality is every week at church, at Victory, it's a family gathering. Come on. See, the Bible is full of familial language family language. God is the father. Jesus is the son of God. Uh, Scripture even calls us God's sons and daughters. And I'm so thankful for each of you as part of this family here at Victory. And I pray that you'd be able to connect deeper and more with your church family in the days ahead, because I believe your best days are right in front of you. So whether you're a regular tender here at Victory, or you've just come a couple times a year, whether you're brand new, or whether, wherever you find yourself, I believe it's not a mistake that you're here today, but you're here on purpose. And I believe that God wants you to experience... His love in a very real way. So let's not just go through the Easter Sunday motions. You know, let's not just get all dressed up, get the family in the car, get everybody online, get get seats together, sing some songs, nice message, pastor, and then let's move on to Easter dinner. Let's not just do the church thing for an hour or so and then be gone to the next. But instead, let's lean in and let our hearts be open to experience the supernatural love and the power of God in a real way today because I believe that while we are celebrating Easter, it's so much more than a celebration. We can actually experience the power of Easter. Maybe you're here today and Easter is nothing more than an opportunity to wear some pastels, a nice button-up shirt and a tie so that you look fine, kind of like this right here. (laughs) Maybe Easter to you is is just a holiday in the spring, a chance to get some good family pictures, pictures of the kids, get an egg hunt, go see the Easter bunny, whatever. But Easter is so much more than a spring holiday and all that stuff. It's more than just time to get the family together and eat a meal and take some pictures. Easter is all about a man named Jesus. And history actually records his life. He lived on this earth, just like every one of us, 2,000 years ago. He lived for 33 years. And The last three years of his life is the part that's recorded in the Bible called the Gospels. It was his public ministry. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are those books of the Bible. He taught the disciples. He taught masses of crowds of people something they had not heard and something they had not experienced before. See, in Jesus' life and teaching, I believe it could be summed up in a single word. You want to know what that word is? It's love. Jesus' mission was love, and through his life, his death, and his resurrection, people wouldn't have to try and do a bunch of spiritual things in order to receive love from God, forgiveness of their sins, but no, through Jesus, we could know God in a personal and a real way. Come on, it, it wasn't easy for Jesus to accomplish this, though, right? The Bible records that on the Thursday before the very first Easter, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane praying with his disciples. And the religious leaders who hated Jesus had been plotting to kill him. They actually arrested him in the middle of the night. They took Jesus all night long through a series of illegal trial, another illegal trial after illegal trial. Finally, by early morning, Friday early morning, they sentenced him to death. And he convinced the Roman leaders to carry out this death sentence and crucify Jesus. Now, this happened on Friday, and we call it Good Friday. But it wasn't good for Jesus. It was only good for us, right? Jesus was beaten beyond recognition. That's something called the Roman scourge, where the Romans would take whips with multiple strands of leather with pieces of bone and glass and rocks embedded in it and whip it across the back of an individual. And when they would pull it away, it would literally tear the flesh off of a person's body. He had the beard ripped out of his face and had a crown of thorns rammed into his head. Scripture tells us he was beaten so badly he could not be recognized as to who he was. He was forced to carry his cross outside of the city of Jerusalem to a public place on a hill called Golgotha. It was there that Jesus was stripped naked, nailed to a cross, and hoisted up in a public place to die a slow and painful death for all to see. But on that cross, in a place of shame and humiliation and pain and torment, something miraculous was happening. Something beyond all the physical pain and all of that, Jesus took the pain, he took the sin, he took the punishment of all mankind for all time. Every sin, past, present, and future, Jesus took it on himself and paid the price for it. Right? Scripture teaches us that sin is only paid for with death. A person has to die in order to pay for their sins. The problem is if a person dies to pay for their sins, they die with sin, the judgment, the payment is to be eternally separated from God forever. It's a problem because God doesn't want us to be separated from him forever. And most of us don't either. We want to go to heaven and be with God forever. Jesus went ahead and physically died to pay for every person's sin so we wouldn't have to. This is why I always say, hell is not a place that God sends people he is mad at or disappointed in or just fell short. No, hell is a place where people can go and pay for their own sins, but you just don't have to because Jesus already paid for them. Your sins have been paid for. You have forgiveness in it and it's a free gift. Now, one of the last things Jesus said before he died on the cross was, it is finished, meaning it is done. There's nothing more that has to be done for you to receive love, for you to receive forgiveness from God. And after he said this phrase, it is finished, he breathed his last breath. And in that moment, there was an earthquake. The city shook, and scripture actually records the veil in the temple was torn in half. Now, the temple was a place where people would go to worship. We would Consider that like the church, right? And inside of the temple, there was a huge veil or a a curtain that separated the main room where people would come in and gather from the holy place where the priest would go in and minister before God. Now, only a certain priest could go in at a certain time and do specific things to minister before the Lord. Like, not everybody could just go in there and do whatever. Like, it was only the priest, and it was very specific and written out that way. So, the veil being torn when Jesus died was symbolic that no longer can only one person come. Like No, now every single person can approach God. Every single person can know God and experience His love and receive forgiveness from a loving, heavenly Father. Jesus' body was taken down from the cross and it was put into a borrowed tomb. The soldiers rolled a huge stone in front of the door and stood guard overnight. And for the rest of Friday night and then all of Saturday, I'm sure people all over Jerusalem, they had known who Jesus was and that he was there. And they had to be wondering, is this all there was to Jesus? I thought he was the Messiah. I thought he was a savior. I thought he was going to rule. Where is he? What's going on? Then imagine being one of the disciples on that Friday night and how long Saturday must have felt. I don't know if you've ever lost someone close to you you have, then you know, like the kind of disorientation and chaos, the blurred kind of feeling off those first few days can feel. And I imagine the disciples were just trying to make sense of things. But a Saturday night turned into the third day. Sunday morning come on the world changed in a moment in a single moment the stone that was over the mouth of the tomb was rolled away the soldiers were removed and I love I love that the very first people to get to the tomb realized Jesus body wasn't there that he wasn't dead but now he was alive I love that they were the ladies come on where's my ladies at you know what I'm talking about on that third day Jesus conquered death hell, and the grave. Man, I love how Jesus himself states it in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. He says, I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forevermore. Come on. All other gods are dead, but our God was dead. He is alive. Come on, Jesus. Now, here's the part that I love. He says, and I hold the keys of death and Hades, or death and hell. Come on, y'all. Jesus beat the devil so bad. He, the devil is so defeated that he doesn't even have the keys to his own house. <laughs> Jesus said, I got the keys to the devil's house. Come on, that's good news for us right there. See, that's why Easter is so powerful, because Jesus came to the earth, lived as a man, died on a cross, and was resurrected so that you... And I and anyone willing to believe in him would be freed from the obligation and the payment for sin so that we could have a real and personal relationship with God, so that our spirit, which is the real you, would be raised to life in Christ. Come on, in other words, Jesus came to change the storyline of your life. And not just change the storyline, He came to change the title, the subtitle, the script, and all the words that make up the story of our lives. You know, I love that song we sang today, The Cross Has the Final Word. And I've had that song on repeat on my phone over the last several weeks just listening to it, you know. The interesting thing about that song is that the the line, the title of the song, we repeated it over and over, The Cross Has the Final Word. There's something powerful about words, right? Words are this invisible, you know, thing that are common to each and every person and really can be used in any number of ways. In fact, I would say it this way, the words we speak have great power. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Our words have power. So since we're here today, I want to share a couple truths about the words we say and the power contained within them. If you're taking notes or maybe writing in your phone today, I hope you'll write some of these down. Here's the first one. Our words direct our lives. With one single word, we can paint a picture in people's minds. We can evoke emotions. We can influence people and affect their present and their future with a single word spoken to them. Let's go ahead and try it out. I want to say a couple words and you just, whatever comes to your mind. Puppies. (laughs) You know, oh, right? What about the word politics? Yuck. (laughs) What about the words traffic? Anger. Now, for some, that's the same mental picture. <laughs> what about the word vacation? Ah, The word beach. What about the word diamonds? Come on. Our words have the power to influence people. We, our words have the power to paint or create a picture in the hearts and the minds of people. Let me say it this way. The words we say not only affect our lives, but we have the power to direct the course of of other people's lives as well. When I said those words a moment ago, each of us had a picture that came to our minds. We had a reaction, an emotion to the word that was spoken. I believe this is why the Bible speaks so much about our words and the power contained within them because we have the ability with the words that we speak, the things that just flow out of our mouths to affect other people. The power of life and death is in our words, right? In the book of James, chapter 3, verse 3 and through 5, the brother of Jesus writes, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. You know, horses, they're one of the most powerful animals in the world. They're huge. And yet with an extremely small piece of metal called a bit, a person can get on this animal that is much bigger and much stronger and control where it goes, just by having this bit in the horse's mouth. Then James gives us another illustration. He says, we're take ships as an example, for even though they're so large, they're driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. I don't know if you've ever driven out to Cocoa Beach here in Central Florida and seen those massive cruise ships. Many of you have taken a cruise on them. They're these huge ships and they have all kinds of stuff Thousands of people can fit on them safely, and yet the rudder that controls the direction of the ship and where it's going and where everyone on the boat is going is extremely small in comparison to the size of the ship. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. In other words, while our tongue and the words we say may seem small and not that big of a deal, they're just words. They're actually quite powerful and direct the course of our lives and those who hear us speaking. In reality, our lives are a collection of words. Throughout our lives, we pick up different words and attach them to our lives in all sorts of ways. It's much like this magnet tool that I've got right here. It's such a handy tool when you're working in the garage or you know, working on the car and you drop a screw or something somewhere. You can use this telescoping micro- magnet tool and reach over there and get that. It's got a magnet right there on the end and it'll pick it up and, and you can get it easily. And when I first got this, it was amazing because when I went to get it, there'd be all kinds of things stuck to it anytime. It gets even remotely close to something magnetic like, zonk, it gets right on there, right? things are attracted to it and stick to this magnet tool. And our lives are the same way. The words spoken over our lives stick to us. They, they stick to our lives. And the reality is the longer they stick to us, the more and more they go from being just words that we heard to turning into labels that we begin to believe this is who I am, then we begin to wear. And so many people have taken on labels and things that have been spoken to them that it's almost as real to them as their name is. So words we heard growing up, words that we heard from parents and family members, teachers, coaches, co-workers, bosses, they stick to us. Words that we hear have a way of sticking in our hearts and in our minds. And over a lifetime, we accumulate these these words, these labels, and we become who we are today because of the words spoken to us. This is why, parents, it's so important the words we speak to and about our kids And all too often I hear people saying all kinds of crazy things to their kids about them and they're driving them crazy and all all, all this stuff. And then they wonder why their kids act a crazy certain way. Could it be the words we have spoken over them are growing and producing the results we are seeing in their lives? It's like when you build a house, you start with the foundation. And then on top of the foundation, you build the frame of the house. And sometimes that's cinder blocks and wooden frame that supports, the frame supports all the features of the house that are gonna be added, like plumbing, electricity, all the wiring, drywall, paint, decor, all of that stuff is dependent upon the frame. In the same way, the words we are speaking are building a framework around our family and our kids that will support everything that will be needed in their lives. So what kind of frame are you building around your family? Here's the next truth about words. Words can be positive or negative, right? I remember as a young teenager, while serving as a junior leader in kids' church, much like what we have here in Victory Kids, my pastor gave each of us the opportunity to preach a five-minute message at a Sunday service. Now, I had no idea how to do that. And honestly, I didn't even have the desire. I wanted to be a rock and roll star, baby, you know? I'm like... But for some reason in that moment i raised my hand and volunteered to do it now my pastor pulled me aside and he said chris you're gonna do great and then he gave me some other instructions so i studied that week the next sunday i got up i did my best but honestly probably wasn't that great now come on i've come a long way right but after after this message in the service my pastor pulled me aside and he said told me what a great job i did and he said these words chris god is going to use your life in big ways to reach masses of people. I never forgot those words because this was a father figure, a spiritual father in my life. That, and in that moment, he was speaking life into me. And I've, I've never forgot those, that moment and those words. Those words have paid off in my life. Words spoken to us can have a positive impact in our lives. And in the same way, words can negatively affect the direction of our lives. It's probably true for many of us that words spoken over us have not been positive, but have been negative and hurtful and painful. The words that have stuck to you, like, like they, they've, they've cut into you and they've, they've been painful and in, and in turn, they've directed the course of your life because of the negativity of those words. Maybe you're like me and someone in middle school looked at you and called you ugly and nerd and a dork and... Those words stuck to you, and that's who you thought you were. Maybe someone in your past called you fat or dumb or not good enough. Maybe someone said you were good for nothing. You'll never be successful. You have this condition, so you're just limited in what your life can be. And whatever it is, those words have stuck to you even to this day. The challenge is, is that as these words stick to us, the longer we rehearse them and think about them, and then we begin to make decisions about them because of what's been said or even to make decisions to try to prove them wrong. Like the words have stuck to us and we've taken them on and they're a label and we wear them in our lives and they begin to shape the direction of who we are. And if we don't deal with them, deal with these words and these labels through the power of Christ, then we can begin to believe them and even begin to speak them over ourselves. Maybe there was a time where you tried to something new and it didn't go as you expected or planned and then seemingly out of nowhere, the words left your mouth. I guess I'm just not very good at whatever it was. They just won't like me. I'm not good enough. They really don't wanna be my friend. I'll never be the one who could do something like that. Those words, it's just lies. So what are the words that have stuck to you? Here's the third key about words. Words come from different sources. Most everyone can think back to specific moments and words that have been spoken to us by others or even spoken by ourselves about us that have become the soundtrack of our lives. Two things that I love are movies and music. My degree from college is music composition and technology and when I was at ORU we studied at length the pairing of music with visuals. What makes a great movie is the story the cinematography, the actors, and all of that. But what really brings it all together and makes the movie great is the soundtrack. You know, a good soundtrack sparks emotion. It grips us. It pulls us to the edge of our seat and brings back, when we hear the soundtrack, the visuals we saw in that movie. What about this one right here? Yeah, come on, Jurassic Park. What about this one I loved growing up? Yeah, come on, and what about this? Everyone's favorite movie, right? (laughs) Oh, and if you're younger, or you've been going to movies lately, then you know what this one is right here. Yeah, come on, The Avengers. And my personal favorite movies, growing up and even today. Come on, somebody. Hey, each and every one of us has a soundtrack in our lives made up of the words that have been spoken over our lives. And whether we realize it or not, whether we recognize it or not, the stat soundtrack of words we've collected through our lives, the labels that we've taken on is helping to shape the direction of the story of our lives. It affects our decisions. It affects our relationships. It affects our confidence and even our beliefs. It affects every part of our lives. Words become the soundtrack that continually plays in our hearts and in our minds and in our thoughts. And sometimes the soundtrack is loud, isn't it? In a moment, you know, you can faith can start to build inside of you. God has spoke something to you. You've had a dream about something. You're ready, like, we're gonna do this. And then all of a sudden, the volume of those words from the past starts to get turned up. And when that happens, right, we start looking for ways to figure it out. We start looking for ways like, I got to turn the volume over this. I just don't even want to think about all that kind of stuff that's been playing in our head for so long and many run to their drug of choice, binge watching TV, alcohol, drugs, images on a screen, inappropriate relationships or whatever else. Their choice drug of choice. Is. The problem with running to something like that is that For a moment, it seems to offer the reprieve of silencing the soundtrack, the voices, the words of the past, but eventually what happens is the soundtrack gets louder than it was before. More shame, more guilt, more they must have been right, more this, I guess this is just part of me, it's who I am, I guess I'm gonna have to deal with this for the rest of my life. Can I tell you today, those words from that soundtrack are not true. Christ came to set you free so you could have life and life more abundantly. See, there's a soundtrack from words in our head that have attached themselves to our thoughts or what people have said to us, what we've said to ourselves. But there's also the soundtrack of words that come from outside sources, like social media, the news cycle, peer pressure, people at work, people at home. And they're pushing us to our limits. And that soundtrack is screaming constantly in our thoughts. This is who you are. This is how things should be. This isn't so bad. Why don't you do this? This is a new normal, right? There's a soundtrack in our head of the words being spoken to us from the different sources. But the good news today is that there's another source for the soundtrack of our lives, and that's the soundtrack that God provides for us. Here's the fourth key today about words. God's words have the power to change everything. God has words that he has spoken over your life as well, and his words are powerful and life-changing. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive, it's active and sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That means the word of God, the Bible, the, which is the words God has spoken over your life, have current and active power today to cut away the lies that have been spoken over your life. God's word literally divides what is true and what is a lie. And can I tell you that the words God says about you and to you are the truth. So whatever has been spoken to you and tried to attach itself to your life, whatever label you've been wearing, whatever the soundtrack of words that continually plays in your head, can I tell you, it's not the end of your story. It's not the only thing that's available, and it's not too late to change the soundtrack of your life. Through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus... There is power to change the soundtrack of your life and have new words spoken over your life. Maybe this is the first time you're really thinking about this and the power of your words, that the words rolling around in your head and the words spoken over you. I believe that today Jesus wants to change the soundtrack in your life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the Apostle Paul, he's giving us a kind of a behind-the-scenes look at what happens the moment someone puts their faith in Jesus. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone believes in Jesus, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. Come on, that's good news. That's what Jesus wants to do in you. That's the power of Easter, that in a moment when we give our lives freely to Jesus, we say, Jesus, you are my Savior. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. He brings life into our spirit. And all the old, dead, lifeless things are gone. The sin, the shame, the fear, the guilt is gone, baby. Even the words that have been a stranglehold on our lives, those words are gone. And Christ gives us a new word, making all things new. When Jesus rose from the dead and conquered death, he spoke a new word over your life. And that word was love. You are loved. Not because you did something right or because you got everything together in your life. No, you are loved by God. That's the, the you that's not perfect. That's the you that loses your cool sometimes. That's the you that doesn't always get it right. Just you are extravagantly loved by God. You are believed in. You are a son. You are a daughter of God. You are chosen. You are strong and empowered. You are worthy of love. You are redeemed and forgiven. You are washed clean. You are free from guilt. You are free from shame. You are trustworthy. You are talented and well able to do what God created you for. You are valuable. And for many of us, it's time to begin to receive a new soundtrack for our lives. And and honestly, it's not even that it's a new soundtrack. It's the original soundtrack God intended for your life. I want to do something a little different. Before we log off and head out of here today, I want you to think for just a moment. Maybe grab a piece of paper and a pen real quick or get out the notes app on your phone or your tablet. I believe God is speaking a new word over your life today, one that is full of power and hope and strength right? God is speaking a word over you that is greater than the sum of all the words that have tried to attach themselves over you, greater than any label that would try to attach itself to your life. There is a great exchange that God wants to do in your life today of all the hurt, of all the negative, of all those things, and give you life, to give you love and hope. See, there's no word that's ever been spoken over you that is stronger than the word that Christ is speaking over you today. So what is the word that God is speaking over you today? What is the word that you need to receive from God? You're ready to say, I want to make that exchange. Like, I want what? I want that new word that Christ is, wants to speak over to me. Whatever that word is for you, I want you to take a moment, write it down on that piece of paper. Type it into your phone. Put it in somewhere, and I want you to keep it with you. I want you to have it with you in your purse, in your car, in your office, everywhere you go so that the moment that soundtrack begins to start playing in your mind, those thoughts begin to come back, and all those words want to come back and whisper, and like, you get that word back, and you say, no, this is who I am. This is who I am, and just allow the Holy Spirit to breathe fresh life into your spirit today as you hear this word, "Oh, spoken over you. Today, the cross of Jesus has the final word in your life. He's declaring a new word over your life. It's accepted, worthy, loved, valuable, known. You are healed. You're cared for. You are free. You are forgiven. You're smart. You're talented. You are beautiful. You are good. You are good enough. You are enough. You're not a mistake. You're not a screw-up. You are the right one chosen, anointed, called, you are bold, You are a son, you are a daughter of God. Come on, church, what is the word that Christ is speaking over you today? Write it down, put it in your phone. This is who you are. You are not what people have called you. You are not what label has attached itself to your life. You are created by God and you are who he declares you to be through the cross and through the resurrection of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you right now for each and every person, Lord God. I thank you that all those labels, are being removed, that this great exchange is taking place even right now. So Holy Spirit, we give you permission to speak this new word to us. What is it? What is the word that God is speaking over you today? You are redeemed. You are cared for. You are valuable. Lord, I thank you that you open up those wounds in our hearts where we've been hurt and where we've been holding unforgiveness for so long. Help us today, Lord God, to to open those places of our lives so that your healing can come into our heart, so that we can receive love from you because of what Jesus did on the cross. For some of you, your word is love, because if you're really honest today, you would recognize that You don't really know God for yourself. You know some things about God. You've tried to do some good things to appease him. You know, I got to appease the man upstairs. You're hoping that you'd be able to slip by the pearly gates. Just trying to, maybe God will be happy with me if I just, whatever. And, And you've been going along, but you've never really experienced the love that God has for you. Can I tell you, there's nothing you can do to earn the love of God. He just loves you no matter what. It's unconditional love and it's available to you. That's the good news, is that God's love, you just simply receive it. It's a free gift. It can't be earned. God's free gift of love is available. And it's a gift that he gives to anyone who's willing to believe that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. And I can't think of any time better than right now, on Easter Sunday, to make a bold decision in your life and receive this free gift of love from your Heavenly Father. There's no other way to receive it. It's only through faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that we can receive the gift of the love of God and the life of God so that we can be with him forever. Those of you who are here today, you say, yes, pastor, that's me. I I need the love of Jesus in my life. Today, I want Jesus to be my savior. I want to receive what he has for me so that I can be a son or daughter of God. I want to know God For myself in a real and personal way. If that's your prayer, whether you need to make it for the first time or whether you just need to come back to God and give him your life again because you've just walked away, if that's your prayer, you can click to raise your hand in the chat or just type the name Jesus in the comments wherever you're watching today. Church, can we take a moment and pray out loud all together so that no one is praying alone today? Would you repeat this prayer after me? Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me so that I could live for you. Thank you for giving me new life. Today, I give you mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, if you just prayed that prayer, then just like it says, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. You are brand new. Your spirit now has the life of God. All the old is gone. Your sins have been forgiven. You are made brand new. You are a son. You are a daughter of God. So let me say, welcome to the family. And I would just be so honored to pray with you personally to encourage you, give you some next steps to take so you can grow in your faith. Would you send me a message on whatever platform you're watching, or you can send me an email to info at victoryorlando.com. Church, I hope you have a great Easter. Thank you so much for joining. I can't wait to see you next Sunday here at Church Online.